Very good morning to you folks. See then quite okay. <laughs> Blessed Lunar New Year to one and all at this moment of worship. And you realize that you know uh, we began the year two twenty twenty-three in the calendar, it was on the first Sunday of the month or the year. And now we began the Lunar New Year on the first on the Sunday of the Lord's Day together. Amen. So somehow in my sensing, the Lord had given us double blessing. Uh, so keep this spirit on in our worship to begin with the Lord's Day. I'm sure you remember Him every day of our lives. Amen. Okay, let us pray. Lord, we want to thank you truly for the reminder that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son to all of us. We thank You for the gift of salvation coming to us so freely, so graciously, and so compassionately from You. We love You. So at this time of meditation, we pray that Your Word will bring a refreshment to us, knowledge of soul, reminding us who You are and what You have been doing also in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Alright, since we are into the spirit of the celebration of the Lunar New Year, yes, uh, they are digressing here before the meditation comes on, talking something about this uh, Lunar New Year celebration. Is it alright, folks? Only five minutes. Lah. I don't take you to the Dragon Boat Festival uh, to look at all those uh, decorations and so on. But here we want to thank God that our forefathers have kind of set up this tradition very well for us, uh, from generation to generation, to observe this Lunar New Year celebration. Uh, it is a big thing, right? Uh, currently, even you see in mainland China, millions making their way back to their hometown, looking forward to catch up and meet with one another. So I like this tradition in the sense that there is this bonding of family and also the bonding of family life. Uh, Besides talking about the feast or the meals that we have together. So just hope that you have your good reunion dinner last night. Uh, my family do have. Thank God for that. Uh, we know time, sometimes uh, it's very precious to catch up at this moment. And we pray that this tradition that we have continue to go uh, from one generation to another, especially our family getting smaller and smaller. I remember when I was young, I followed my late father. Uh, first day of the year, Lunar New Year, he brought me and my younger brother to visit all the relatives, starting with grandmother's home. Oh, this must be the must thing, you know. And then we went all the way until evening, 5, 6 p.m. As a young kid, very tired, especially putting on a new pair of shoes. Whoa, that really suffered. But thank God, at the end, we had a harvest of home power. No complaints. And, uh, the work has paid off, so to speak. So here this tradition, very well preserved from one to another. I'm glad my kids are following through. We are making our visit 
next two days' time uh, to those remaining siblings that I have in the family. The other thing I realized in this celebration of the Lunar New Year, we have the expressions of greetings, especially wishing one another good health. I think we really uh, thank God for that uh, blessing and prosperity and wealth. Don't you think so? Folks, your Mandarin come in. (laughs) Something like that. But here, you see, you give a picture of wealth and blessing. Uh, We do look forward to. And uh, you can see, not surprisingly, people will rush to the uh, 4D shop uh, to queue up for the best luck they can get at this period of time. Now, folks, I'm not asking you to do that or try, because we believe life is more than death, wealth, and riches. We talk about family life, education, friendship, integrity or honesty to cultivate, and so many other things besides riches and wealth to us. In fact, you look at this point of time, Elon Musk, uh, the richest man in the world today. Billions of dollars. But in a recent media, just recorded, he is also the first man in the world to have loose amount of money. 200 billion in stock and share. You gain more, you can lose more too. So there is a balance to it. Now, I'm not kind of discouraging you to get rich and so on. But here, the biblical lesson we have enough to remind us. The first text I'd like to share with you in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 to 21. Uh, you can see, it says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. You see, our wealth can be stolen, all right? Or destroy. But store up yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor wrath destroy, where thieves do not break in or steal. So the best investment is treasure yourself in heaven, folks. Invest yourself in the kingdom of God's work in your whole life and be a good steward for the Lord. And verse 21 says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In other words, let your heart guide you in what you are doing. Not the riches or other people's riches. Know your value, where you are pursuing today. So your heart will guide you, because we believe life is more than wealth and riches. But here we also hear that another part of scripture talk about the riches and wealth with us. It's taken from 1 Timothy Chapter 6, verse 17 to 19. Uh, Let me read to you quickly. It says, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, which is so richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. There you are, folks. Scripture teaching on wealth and riches. Then command them to do good. 
to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. Our wealth is to share, folks, and for good deeds. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Make your life count. Do what you can. Be a blessing unto others. And this is really the true meaning of life. Remember others in whatever you have today. And I realized recently there is the media reported. It's so heartening to read this news that the family of the late uh, Chief Justice, uh, Yong Bang Hao, they gave out or donated 20 million to SMU Law School last year in November 2022. You read that, folks? 20 million donation given to SMU. Very close to what the scripture just mentioned. Be generous, to do good, share your wealth to one another. And according to the family, which says, quote, We are delighted to be able to make this gift to continue his, I mean the Chief Justice legacy, good deeds in nurturing young lawyers or law graduates, developing quality faculty, and supporting the acceleration of legal research in growing areas of critical importance. So folks, there is a place for us to contribute to the advancement of studies of law, in a way, or other areas, to bless the community. So when I read this, I realize it's so blessed uh, to receive new people so generous in the giving. And God reminded us, God himself loves the cheerful giver. So I believe God will bless the family, the loved ones there, and also be a blessing to the community as SMU Law School with this uh, large amount of donation. That's all for the Chinese tradition on getting one another, bonding, and talk about wealth that we want to pursue and know how we minister the wealth the riches that God has placed upon our hearts, our life. Now, this morning, our meditation actually I focus on Isaiah 55, verses 6 to 11. Let me read to you, folks, on the theme of seek God, seeking the Lord too. Seek the Lord while he may be found, called on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord, and he will have mercy on them. And to our God, for he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither your ways my way, declare the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours way. And my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return it without watering the earth, and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields it for the sower and bread for the water eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth, and it will not return to me empty, but according or accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I send it. Folks, I like the last verse here, 11. 
as long as gospel go off or go out from what we share, the church, a Bible study, your own reading, it will not go empty or void. God somehow will put His word in our lives and you will see fruit nurturing of our souls and spirit here together. And I pray this morning our meditation will be that to all of us here this morning. But here let me put that in the context of seeking the Lord. As you realize when you look, look at the Old Testament, when God raised up prophets, the main purpose was to remind His people somehow they have missed Him and they are going to face the judgment of God. Because they have the tendency to worship God's idols and have forgotten what God has done. Just the way that the Israelites went out from Egypt on the way to the promised land. You know how they feel God? All right, even to turn into the worship of the golden calf. So on and so forth. So the Lord along the way say, Hey, you folks, better hear me again. Don't take me for granted. And prophets were given messages to remind the people. In fact, you turn to Isaiah chapter 1 alone itself. You can see how God started this message to Isaiah to the people, which is recorded here. The vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, Jordan, Ahaz, Ahaz, sorry, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. So during the reign of all these kings, Isaiah was there. And the message was, Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. I, the Lord, have knowledge and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. The ox knows its owner, and the donkey its master grip. But Israel does not know. Israel does not know me. Verse 4, Allah, sinful nation, people are laden or heavy loaded with iniquity, a brood of offsprings or evil doers, children who are corrupted and they forsake the Lord. They have provoked the Lord anger and the Holy One of Israel. They have turned away backward and so on. So on. That was the opening passage that Isaiah received from the Lord. Look at this folks here. And remind ourselves, the ox and the donkey and so on, they know their owners. And my people, they have rejected me. They have forsaken me. They don't know me. I'm sure uh, that really breaks the heart of the Lord to, to him in a sense. And all this has been the kind of an ongoing thing among the Israelites or the people. But we thank God. God the Almighty is gracious, full of compassion, full of mercy, and He has opened the way for the people to return to Him. Therefore, when you turn to Isaiah 55 this morning, as we just read to you from 6 to 11, there was this appeal and call of God, an invitation, I would say, seek the Lord while, you, while He can be found. 
call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake the ways, the unrighteous the thoughts. So when you seek the Lord, you need to turn away from your wicked way. Don't stay where you are, folks. You've got to come clean with the Lord. Seek the Lord while you can. In fact, a cross-reference you can see in Jeremiah chapter 29, chapter 13, it says, Then you called on me, the Lord said, Come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me, and you will seek me with all your heart. Come, come to the Lord, folks. Seek the Lord. Don't be distracted by what the world is offering to us. And then God has His way to kind of appeal to us, to enable us to feel Him and to know Him. Especially with this open invitation, the opportunity He said to all of us, come, seek God. Seek the Lord while He may be found. In other words, don't miss the boat. Call upon Him. And He will answer us. Now, talking about invitation, I'm thrilled with this invitation that came to me. Uh, somehow the Lord gave me this uh, situation to share with you. This invitation, this invitation came to me just two weeks ago. A uh, brother uh, from another church that I know over 30 years. When in fact he stepped into the office, he told some of the staff, hey, I know this pastor, when he was a junior pastor already. Well, he was so proud <laughs> to, to make the link. I said, yeah, 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 yeah. Lah. <laughs> I mean, thank God for the friendship. <laughs> so, but you know the purpose that he came to me? He came with an invitation card. A wedding invitation card. He did it on behalf of his nephew, the bridegroom to be. And folk below, behold and below, look and behold, that this young man about to get married. That I knew him when he was yes in primary school. And I said, Wow, his name is Daniel. Wow, Daniel getting married. I knew him when I was just primary school, you know. Yeah, Pastor, he couldn't forget you. And he wanted you to attend the wedding to come. Well, folks, when I look at it, the card came personally, delivered by the uncle uh, on hand, because nowadays a lot of wedding uh, is done by online. You know? It's just a message to electronic kind of uh, message. But here came a personal invitation, and I tell you folks, that make the day for me. Do you think I should attend the wedding? Yes or no? Yes, ma, huh? All the way already. <laughs> uh, somewhere in March, uh, so uh, I will try to cut down other appointments, uh, if not important. But here you see, as I read Isaiah here, God had this Invitation, seek the Lord. Don't have to hide. He knows you and He knows me. 
So all you need to do is to play your heart and to accept the invitation that God has placed before, before us this morning. But one thing you need to do is to forsake your wicked way and your unrighteousness or and the thoughts that you make a way back to the Lord. You know, somehow we are still living with a sinful nature before us. Very hard to get us this new start. Therefore, illustration, I remember how the traffic police have this, have this life motto for us, especially for drivers. We say, you drive, but don't drink. But people careless, they drive and they drink. No change. And I heard one preacher preach too that there may be people still get themselves drunk over the weekend. I don't know whether they will make it to the church or they're cheating on their spouses and so on. And according to that preaching, this preacher even mentioned Christianity to some of them who just add Jesus into their life. But nothing changed. And I even put it, they may see Jesus Christ in the light, the icing of the cake, just for decoration, or just to show that you are a believer. But deep inside us, we need to turn to the Lord and give ourselves to Him. I'd like to close with this encounter. Is it okay? Too short or not? Not right. Good night. About Moses in the Old Testament. Which the Lord has somehow given me this uh, new Im- revelation about this encounter. That you know about the story of Moses. That he was raised out as a prince in the Pharaoh's court. But then one day he saw they were fighting between the Egyptian and his brother, the Hebrew. And then somehow he reckoned that he had his blood together with the Hebrew brother. He went ahead to kind of interfere the fighting and kill the Egyptian. And he was afraid to be arrested and so on. Fled to the wilderness and sat down there and married a lady. And the father is Jethro, the Midianite. And it was said during that time, and Moses became a shepherd. He was taking care of the flock. And it was said that one night he saw a burning bush. Exodus chapter 3. Alright, very beautiful chapter. You know, in the wilderness, there are a lot of bushes. It's quite common. But the night when Moses saw, it was a bit very difficult, uh, different, and uh, unique in the sand. The bush itself was on fire. But no fire consumed it. It was just like glowing, you know. Like the electronic light today. A light that we see glowing. But no fire administered to the bush. Out of curiosity, Moses went and took a closer look at the burning bush, so to speak. We know the story of the burning bush. And the scriptures say as he approached closer to that situation, he heard the voice say, Moses, Moses, don't come nearer. One commentary will say, because God is so holy, 
we cannot approach God so simply and quickly. So Moses was asked to stop. And next thing he was asked was to take off his sentence. For the place, the ground that you stand is holy. Well, this is very awesome, folks, about meeting God. I'm not sure how we prepare to meet God in that situation. We have to meet a holy and righteous God. Take out sentence. Uh, here the Lord gave me some observation about taking off the sentence. Of course, commonly we see people wear sentence in those days. That's why we had the washing the feet, Jesus' time. There are two things here I'd like to mention about taking off the sentence before God. Of course, one is to remind Moses he was now on holy ground. You need to take off just sentence. According to what I read, we are now approaching the Almighty and Sovereign God. He is high and above all of us. And Moses was already a small person before the Lord. And he got to show his due respect and reverence to God the Almighty. To God to take off sentence. And this is a reminder as a lesson that in those days only certain rich people perhaps fought to have the sentence. The poor or the slaves were without shoes or sentence. So you are asked to take out the sentence, meaning a boot, a folks put aside all you have. Put on humility. And I'm sure Moses had learned in this way. That one, he was a prince, somebody, today just a shepherd. And now even in the presence of God, he was nobody. Put off the sanders. And it will be a reminder for us who come to the Lord. You may be somebody in somewhere, in some position. But when you come to approach the Lord, put off the sanders. Quote unquote, you are nobody in the sight of God. Just a person, a man and woman approaching the throne of God. For God is holy. Second reminder for us, besides showing our reverence and honor to the Lord, you know, having a pair of sandals is something very comfortable to life, don't you think so? At least a protection or be a protective item to the feet. You walk with something on, sentence. I believe there is a saying to us, the Lord say, folks, you have been living very comfortably, protected by environment. You need to put it off and follow it. Be real to the Lord. It's time for you to move out from your comfort zone to serve him. Moses got to learn his lesson, right? He was raised at a royal court, having all he had. But one day he realized of his identity. He got to move out from there. And God now caught him in the wilderness and to say to him, put off your sentence, put off your comfort zone. I have something 
in mind for you to do. And I'm sure you read on in Exodus chapter 3, the mission that God has prepared for him is lead my people out of Egypt. That's it. I'm not sure what the Lord is going to say to you this morning. Asking you to take off your sentence and move on. He may have something for you. Or trust Him for your future. He has something for you. Don't have to cling on to what you have today. Thank God for that comfort you still have. But let use that as an item of sacrifice to the Lord and see how He move out, move you out from that and to serve Him. This is what God has prepared for Moses in Exodus chapter 3. God, now the people began to cry to God say, We have enough to be a slave in Egypt. Please deliver us. God heard them say, Okay, I'll send Moses. I'll send a leader here. Perhaps you may hear some cries here. And God has something for you. And I like the last part here in verse 11. You say that when God's words will go out, will not return him void, but will accomplish what he desires and achieve the purpose for what he sent off. Moses indeed fulfilled that word for God. That God spoke to him, sent him out, and God has fulfilled what he has spoken to him to deliver the people. I believe God's words have ministered to you this morning. The question is, are you open your heart for the invitation to do something for God? The other one will be to those who yet to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world. Have you opened your heart to Him? Are you able to lay aside your prejudice, your pride, your anger of God, something like that, and to embrace God in your life and accept Him to you, not now, but eternally, that you can see God together. So I pray this morning as you hear the invitation, seek the Lord, seek God, that we are prepared to take off sentence and move on with the Lord. Amen. May I invite you to stand for the prayer? Give you a moment of personal reflection of what we have just shared, reminding us that the word of God that go forth will not return him for it. He will accomplish what he desires in your heart and my heart. And just seek that God's will be done for us today. Let us pray. Dear God, our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for your word to us this morning, to this meditation that we can share and also to receive it so freely. 
We pray at this moment that we will accept your word and the invitation that opened to us, that we believe your word is full of authority and power, and we pray that as your word go forth, we'll achieve what you desire in us and fulfill your purpose so that we can pray that your will be done and to live as obedient servants and children of God to the heavenly call. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.